Hi everyone, welcome back to Important Not Important. I hope you're all safe and sound out there and getting ready for summer. I'm Quinn Emmett, and this is the latest in our Do Better Better series of essays, and they are crafted to help you think more clearly about the future today. Uh, if you are new to our community, welcome. Uh, these essays complement the audio version of our weekly newsletter that drops on Fridays, and of course, our critically acclaimed conversations with diverse interdisciplinary humans all working on the front lines of the future, those usually come out on Mondays. Thank you for being here, and of course, thanks for giving a shit. Two quick reminders, you can get these essays, our newsletter, and more in your inbox at importantnotimportant.com. You can also send us feedback at questions at importantnotimportant.com. Uh, feel free to write it with words. You can record a voice memo on your phone and send that in, and maybe we'll use it in a future uh, fan feedback episode. Today's episode is Do Better Better number 18, Back to the Future. November 4th. 1955, a few minutes before 8 o'clock. Outside a huge clock tower, a frazzled scientist with a shock of white hair climbs down a ladder, a heavy electric cord hanging from his hand. On the ground, a nervous, preppy teen boy reluctantly confronts him with bad news. The scientist's going to die. Marty McFly, Doc, about the future. Doc Brown, no, Marty! We've already agreed that having information about the future can be extremely dangerous. Even if your intentions are good, it can backfire drastically. Doc won't hear it. So Marty writes him a letter from the past with knowledge of the future. If Doc spends the next 30 years going about business as usual, it's just not going to end well. But it doesn't have to be this way. Not when Doc can act now. In 2021, it's relatively easy to time travel back to some of our planet's most significant events to try to understand what went down and how the natural world was affected. We can look at tree rings to examine a particularly dry season for any given location. We can look at ice cores to understand past temperature fluctuations and even volcanic activity. Shit, we can't even look at a strip of rock in North Dakota and gather evidence for the exact moment in time, 65 million years ago, when a 7.5-mile asteroid slammed into the Gulf of Mexico, launching a trillion tons of lava and vaporized rocks into the atmosphere across the planet and killing our beloved dinosaur ancestors. Show me the lie. Of course... Just because two and a half billion T-Rex got incinerated on a Tuesday forever ago doesn't mean this coming Tuesday will bring the same result. I've written extensively regarding this age of accelerating complexity, of great transformation of living in a discontinuity, where the past cannot predict the future, not for stock market crashes, and definitely not for asteroids. And yet, once-in-a-lifetime events and moments and eras do happen, and very occasionally to everyone all at once. Now, sometimes that's a big fucking rock. Sometimes it's a pandemic. And an opportunity is available to us now, in our future's past, to act with all the speed and vigor that we have. To do what? To not only make sure that this never happens again, but also to build a support infrastructure 
for the frontline workers who stood most firmly against COVID, for those of the humans who are going to continue suffering, and the humans who will suffer long COVID physical and mental symptoms for many years to come, and of course, for all the families who lost a loved one. But will we do it? Will we commit to it? And what role can you play? The easy and most likely answer, based on our past track record, is no. We'll all look back in 20 years, living in the same for-profit healthcare system that's really only available to a minority of wealthy citizens, and occasionally mutter to one another, God damn, remember COVID? Hard answer is, yes, we will do these things, because we have to. But also, I mean, holy Toledo, wow, 2020, that was a hellscape, right? Now let's say we do the hard thing. What will have changed in 2040 because of the decisions we make today? It's called second-order thinking. And the beauty of second-order thinking is not only asking what the hell is happening, but also what happens next? And as much as we can, what could happen after that? If SARS-CoV-2 and COVID and the way we experience them were a ramification of all the decisions we made before, let's just say, March 2020, then the well-being of our society in 2040 is going to be a reflection of how we respond and build anew today. If we don't do shit, then we're going to get the same results that we did before. More pandemics and more suffering. Plus some other consequences that are neither unintended if we actively choose to do nothing, nor even predictable, imaginable, if we're lucky. Again, we are entering an era of vast complexity, a new, more volatile 21st century built on the same destructive and exploitative systems of the 20th. And while some of the macro-societal and economic trends are clear and addressable, if flagrantly and often purposefully ignored to date, some are not and may not be for a while. The more intricate and outdated our systems, the more externalities we're all exposed to. We have to skate to where the puck is going. Look, beginning with projects like global health, we can assess macro insights from billions of records across a huge variety of genetic codes. The virus and COVID will be with us for a long time, and it's essential we understand how they truly work. But we can't only address our existing systemic weaknesses, including the vast and deep public health failures that doomed so many to die and suffer. We have to travel through time, damn it. There's that great quote, if my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Let me tell you folks, we have an opportunity now to do some serious shit. When our wounds are still so raw, when we have momentum, to consider the second-order effects of today's decision-making, to look back from the future we've currently programmed in and ask, if we could go back, what would we do differently? Did we build entirely new efforts to recruit black doctors and nurses? Did we enable, prioritize, and evangelize wellness and telehealth? Did we stop sending everyone to the emergency room all the time? Did we finally make healthcare available to everyone? Did we eliminate smoking and air pollution and junk food? 
and so many of the other things that contributed to the pre-existing conditions that made COVID so dangerous? Did we plant trees in all the red line neighborhoods? Have we reconsidered a just-in-time supply chain? Have we regulated the hell out of the meat supply chain, including worker safety? Is genetic sequencing free and anonymized in bulk? Did we write a GI bill, but for mental health providers, and a Marshall Plan for mental health services? Did we capitalize on our incredible mRNA innovations to make even better vaccines and take on malaria? Did we make clean water a human right? Are workers guaranteed a living wage? Did we make childcare and paid leave mandatory? Did we learn to communicate with proportion, to celebrate our accomplishments and the progress of science while reporting transparently on the work that remains? Have we made probabilistic thinking a one-on-one class in our newly free colleges and trade schools? Are prescriptions affordable to everyone? Did we improve black maternal health? Did we restore voting rights? What the hell did we do about American secretarianism? Did we 10X our public science funding? Have we made clear that science is a process, not a result or a dogma? Did we make the common good a bulwark against future threats? Now, you can come at me, but the United States, by design, may have the toughest time with that one. All that stuff above. That's all part of the puzzle. That's what systemic thinking is. That's what understanding what the pieces of the puzzle means. If we don't do those things by 2040, if we can't look back from 2040 to now and say we did them, we're in for it. There's so many things. It's so complex. There's so many pieces. And so I ask you now, what stage of your career are you in? How can you start working on one of these important problems now? And where can it take you in the next 10 years? You're going to do it from elected office, from the boardroom, from the classroom. Doc said, roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. What will you imagine? Where can you create a new market and save lives at the same time? Doc said, whatever you got to tell me, Marty, I'll find out through the natural course of time. Let me tell you, I have no interest in just finding out what the hell happens through the natural course of time. The natural course of time is what got us here. Marty ended his note by saying, please take whatever precautions are necessary to prevent this terrible disaster. Your friend, Marty. I say, pedal to the floor. Let's go back to the future where we can say we changed the past forever. All right, folks, last thing. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Overcast or whatever, a rating and a review would go a long way to supporting our community. It'll take two seconds. Um, You can just tap the star button on Overcast, whatever it takes. We really appreciate it. If you want to join our community and subscribe to these episodes today, you can do it anywhere you want. You can get it in your inbox at importantnotimportant.com plus a bunch of other fun tools. We've got merch, the whole thing. Thank you for listening, folks, and thank you for giving a shit. Have a great one. Oh,